it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And thanks to our malt mates at Cryomalt, that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer. Well, this week, Brewing Associations, as we speak with Andy Skade and Mike Morgan, the President and Secretary, respectively, of the West Australian Brewing Association. Wobba, as it's better known, was the first association representing the interests of Australia's nascent craft brewing scene, dating right back to the 1980s. And microbrewers, as they were then known. As it turns out, they were also the last, as the various state bodies have elected to join the IBA, or the Independent Brewers Association, as state chapters, something that Wobba has declined the invitation to do. With more than 50 members, Wobba has developed into a vibrant state association and has recently launched its new look and new branding and a campaign urging West Australians to drink West, drink best. Today I speak with Andy and Mike, who work for the Lion-owned Bevy Brewing and the independent Blaster Brewing, respectively, about Wobba and what makes Western Australia a little different to the eastern states that have chosen independence as the flag to rally around. It's an interesting chat with two passionate beer people, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Andy Skade, Mike Morgan, welcome to Beer as a Conversation. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Oh, mate, well, Andy, in, in, in your case, it's welcome back because we spoke to you not so long ago, but that was in your capacity as head brewer at Bevy Brewing, but this is in your capacity as president of the Western Australian Brewers Association. And, uh, Michael, this is the first time that we've actually had you on as a guest, although we've had your correspondence on as a frequent uh, listener and correspondent to the uh, podcast. Yeah, where they say first time caller, long time listener. Yeah. <laughs> well, I called you. So, well, I guess yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the topics, that, and the reason we wanted to have a, a, a chat to you guys is, you know, there's been a big discussion um, over the last four or five years in the Australian brewing industry as the Craft Beer Industry Association moved to independence. Um, the Western Australia's Brewers Association, or WABA, has become very active or reactive um, as it was one of the earliest uh, um, brewers associations in the country and it's become even more active now. We've had discussions about local with COVID and a lot of this seems to coalesce around what we're seeing coming out of Western Australia at the moment. So I I guess the the, the first thing um, that I'd ask, tell us a little bit about the backstory to the Western Australian Brewers Association. Look, well, it was, um, it probably started, I don't know, the best part of 20 years ago now, by it was John Stallwood started it. Um, and I guess I can remember when I was first looking for a job in the industry, I would show up to Wobber meetings just to sort of try and network with them so somebody give me a job. <laughs> um, and they, you know, they used to just, um, it was, uh, you know, started with all the small brewers just getting together and wanting to have an association to, uh, champion their cause, um, and I remember it was on the the veranda out the back of Clancy's in Frio was always where it would be, um, and it's just kind of grown from there. We, we, uh, we were doing it, so we're doing WA Beer Week uh, quite some time ago as well, 
So it, it has been going for a long time. Um, I guess the longest in the country. Um, and yeah, with the Drink West, Drink Best campaign that we've just launched, it's always kind of been um, a tagline that the association has used. Um, and we were lucky enough to have Zendope do a refresh and rebrand of it, um, which he started working on probably at the start of the year. And then coincidentally, obviously, we've had COVID and a pandemic get in the way and a lot of businesses have struggled and uh, everybody would like to highlight all the great things that local producers are doing. So we coincidentally were doing a rebrand and then took this opportunity actually come out of the... Um, Luckily enough for WA, as we sort of come out the other side of this, we've taken that opportunity to launch the Drink West, Drink Best campaign, and we've got this mixed cube out into BWS and Dan's at the moment, and that's just step one of the awareness campaign that we're doing. It, it, it's funny you talk about John, because I remember... Wobber was one of the first industry associations that I remember having written for the in- industry for just on 20 years now. And it was, John was such a dynamo before his uh, accident, um, when, when he sort of took a, a pause from brewing. And you saw, my recollection is, I remember seeing the Western Australia's Brewers Association would be really, really dynamic for, you know, one or two years. And then there might be a change of, management you know as people get burnt out and they've got to run their own <laughs> business and it would sort of taper off a little bit and then somebody would come in and sort of say we need to you know re-energize this and it would take off again and the same sort of thing and it was to my mind it was one of the great arguments for a national brewers association that had the resources to you know rather than relying fully on people to step out of their businesses and also run a brewers association have a you know a, a semi or you know fully professional association that could run it for the brewers that were contributing membership dues and that was one of the the, the challenges that seemed to be the um, confronting Wobba in the early days but you guys now have something like 40 paid up members um, as well as industry members as well yeah that's right yeah it's um and I think of the 70 odd breweries and maybe even closer to 80 now in Western Australia um, a good 50% or more have uh, are paid up members and, and you're spot on too Matt it has um, it has a cut sort of comes in ebbs and tides uh, over the years different inspiration as people join the the committee um, as I say and it is still basically 99.9% uh, volunteers um, getting things done um, so yes yeah, so I think we've yeah, definitely have yeah moments where we I know the last couple of years myself and Andy have uh, been on the committee for for at least two two sittings now and um, and I definitely feel we're, uh, everybody on the committee is bringing a new energy and uh, different strategies and trying to put together not just what we're doing today but the the future of of Wobber and the industry the West Australian industry that we that we represent. It's great to see that there are so many members of Wobba these days and we'll talk a little bit about independence versus you know local or drink west uh, as we go into this chat but you know uh, if you go back I think it was four or five years ago that you know you had the CBIA that wasn't exclusively independent and there didn't still seem to be a lot of buy-in um to that national association, it, you know, is there something about the remoteness or you know the 
how far away that Wobber is that you don't feel that a national um, body, whether it is just about craft beer or independence, necessarily represents your interests? Maybe we're just strange people over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, is, I mean, is there a bit of a frontier um, spirit? Because, you know, Perth is famously one of the, mo- one of the most... Uh, remote capitals in the world if not the most remote capital city in the world um and you know it, it's it's a fair hike from anywhere to get there is there a you know we're going to rely on ourselves mindset or is there a particular western australian mindset that means that you don't see yourselves as fitting as well into a national body as you do into a western australian body yeah maybe maybe people uh you know wa is fairly remote from everywhere else maybe we are Having a maybe we do have that self reliance mindset, um, and yeah, probably just yeah, self sufficiency. You know, other capital cities are closer by, or there's resources that are easier for people to have um, up the east coast. Maybe that is something we just always uh, felt we'll just get on with the, the job for ourselves. But you're right, I think maybe CBI, I don't know, maybe we didn't have buy in then either. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I do wonder, because I remember, what was it, two or three years ago when the excise changes came through um, and allowed, you know, smaller kegs. It, it was notable that there were two or three brewers that I spoke to um, on the West Coast who weren't just concerned about a flood of smaller kegs coming in from overseas. They were worried about a flood of kegs crossing the Nullarbor <laughs> from the East Coast. Um, and... It, it, that that seemed to be a unique perspective for anywhere in Australia that the you know something that brewers had been campaigning for and getting smaller you know keg sizes allowed under the the, the, the keg um, excise uh, regime mm. was going to lead to increased competition from the other side of Australia, um, which again seemed to mark the WA brewers out as being a little bit different um, to to the ones on the east coast. Yeah, I think you're right. There was that that thought at the time. And I think, um, I don't know about you, Andy, but I, I think we can put our hand up and say, and anyone who maybe did think that that would happen, it it hasn't. Like, I don't I don't believe that the, the East Coast has all of a sudden now got, so, you know, a lot more 20-litre, 30-litre kegs over here than, than ever before. I think the, the, the borders in that sense have been, you know, uh, have been great, um, you know, like beer going backwards and forwards. Um, it certainly is from a West Australian perspective i think um we do find it harder getting the beer over to to the eastern eastern seaboard um and with with success and there's been some some breweries that have, have done it and and on mass over time um and we we're definitely spoiled for choice over here in west australia a lot of a lot of great breweries are sending their beer to, to the west coast and doing it well uh in terms of uh cold refrigeration all that to look after beers and the and the retailers over here looking after it so it's been i think yeah any worry about the the smaller smaller keg and excise issue but it became null and void in the end i think but isn't that a like isn't the physical challenges of getting beer from the west coast to the east coast the same as getting from the east coast to the west coast for for you know brewers over here who want to export yeah i think you're spot on because really the, the distance is exactly the same it's the exact same issue um i i don't know what makes it more successful for them maybe maybe it's a demand thing from from the West Australian, uh, from the West Australian uh, consumer, um, you know, pushing for, uh, they know they've got a great backyard of, of beer here, but um, the retailers and wholesalers bringing in in, in other uh, brands to, you know, to to quench the thirst of the 
the market overall and yeah. Talk us a little bit about you know, what WABA stands for because I know that um, one of the things, th- this chat that we're having today you know, was in some ways sparked by us talking about the Drink West, Drink Best campaign on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and we got a, a lovely email from Claire who I understand is your, ad- I, I don't want to give her the wrong title. Um, Executive officer. Executive officer. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah um, so, 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 so that's exactly the sort of um, you know structure I was talking to it, uh, talking about at the start. Having someone who's there to actually help out the brewers, so it's not brewers you know knocking off after a long day of brewing. Um, and, and anyway, Claire sent us a long um, you know email just sort of setting out that WA is a little bit different in that you know some of the foundational breweries um, like Little Creatures and uh, w- which would go back to the very start of Wobba being a 2000, 99, 2000 starting and then even Feral um, getting started are no longer independent but you know are foundational and so important to the WA beer story that you felt that it wasn't appropriate to exclude them from the state-based association. I get maybe, and again, like, like your point before, that you know, WA, we're a little isolated, we're doing things a little differently. I guess maybe it comes down to the community, um, the brewing community that we have over here. Um, very supportive. Um, we, we rely on each other, I guess, fairly heavily. Um, and maybe that's where that sort of mindset has come from. I kind of think back to like when the Swan Brewery was here and how helpful people at the Swan Brewery used to be, um, you, you know, you could ask a lot of questions and get a lot of help and they used to clean kegs for people and run some analysis and do calibration sessions for people for beer judging and things like that. So maybe that sort of has kept, kept going within our community of breweries. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's been one of the... Um, would tension be the right... You know, not tension in a negative way, but just that um, constant um, tension within in the association? Because I remember one brewer who had... Um, or one big former brewery employee who had, uh, you know, was, was working for a big brewery before leaving had uh, talked about, I think it was VAMI, which is the Victorian Association of Micro uh, Brewers, used to have a meeting that they would call them along to to invite their participation, but they had to sit outside while the um, you know, VAMI did, had their meeting and then they would invite them in almost like they were suddenly welcome, but they weren't allowed to hear the secrets. Um, and yet they want... You know, Bammy wanted participation from them, but weren't wasn't willing to treat them as equals. Was the feeling there, there is a bit of a that around you know the independence versus non-independent sometimes, isn't there? Everybody's hashed out those debates um, all across the country, um, and you know we've all been involved in all those debates. But I guess yeah, you know, like I yeah, like I touched on before, maybe it's that sort of. Um, a reliance on each other in, in our sort of community over here. And I guess as an association, if we can make sure we're adding value to everybody um, in terms of the... I, I've been thinking a little bit about this lately, but that whole can you add value to the entire supply chain within WA, like that grain to glass. How can we make sure everybody in WA within that of the beer world can gain value out of what we're doing. I mean, as long as we can do that, 
then I think everybody's going to be happy and, and, and as a business they can work out how to sort of make sure that they're in the best position. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that, Andy, because the the whole idea we see it over here where the Sunshine Coast Brewers Association well, they don't have a formal association but there was a, a loose collaboration of all of the 17 or 18 Sunshine Coast Brewers and on one hand you know they the foundation for all of these small breweries was that they were battling against the big guys um, you know these faceless big guys but then you know Chris Sheehan um, who works for Monday up there you know they just love him because if they ever have a problem, if they ever need equipment, if they ever, you know, if there's a way sharing, he is a personal face to their business. And there seems to have been a softening as the big brewers have become local and guys like yourself in Western Australia or Brendan Varus, who again has been so heavily involved with every brewery in, in WA, once he sells... He, it, I, I guess it's very hard to see them as the enemy. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that too. And it's got to, it must be hard too, like, um, because it is a vice versa. Like we sit there and people like Andy, who's come up through, um, you know, uh, the, the, the brewery, well, he's been at the same brewery basically the whole time, the same employer coming through and been so helpful to everyone around him and vice versa, people helping him. People like Brendan, you know, who started and was one of the, the initial people behind Wobba. Um, and then, like I say, just because they're sold out doesn't make them less helpful. And I think also the last thing they want to do is fall out of touch with the people that are just like them that are, are coming up and, and creating their business and their their yeah, their dream, uh, you know, goals and so on. So it's yeah, everybody feels still that you're still working hand in hand with each other, no matter the ownership. But what is the the, the challenge? Because you know, again, like. All of this is just said purely observationally. It's not loaded questions or saying that there is big versus small or whatever, but when craft brewing did kick off, to some extent it was a rebellion against the monoculture that existed in brewing and it was, you know, it was a bit mm. of a... They talk about the craft beer re- revolution and suddenly we, we, we see a bit of a shift in, in that conversation where, you know, in, in parts of the country, we're all in this together. Um, and I, I'm trying to understand why that divide exists in some parts of the country and others are you know, still flag-waving militants for independence and want to talk about tap contracts and things like that as, as if it's a personal attack on them. Um, you know, mm. Is there a situation in WA where craft brewers feel that tap contracts are excluding them from the market, that can be a potential source of friction within an organisation like Wobba? Um, I think, I definitely think that the, the, the over here in WA, there's no difference into whether it's tap contracts and all those things. There's definitely no difference. The market still works the same. The main difference being, I suppose, that the, the contracts that, uh, if they're tap contracts between CUB and Line, the, the beer is predominantly coming out of a different state because we just don't have that uh, macro brewery over here to produce it. Mm-hmm. Um but beyond that, yeah, I think, um, yeah, we don't. I don't know. We, we, I suppose we, we joke, we joke about it. But if anything, from what I know from the sales side of the the business, um, brewers and and such, we just head heads down, bums up, and everybody doing what they need to do for their respective business, you know. And you just you just you just go about it, you know. You know, you walk into any pub like anywhere, you you know which ones are contracted, which ones aren't. Um, you build your relationships, and it's on the the tap contract side and. 
I think you, I think it's yourself, Matt, who makes a good point. I think it's a good point is that everybody's against tap contracts until they're writing tap contracts. Yeah, well, a, that's, as yeah. A, as a, you know, like, don't get me wrong, I'll, I'll sign, sign someone up tomorrow. If, not that we have any tap contracts, but we definitely have, um, you know, uh, gentleman agreements, you know, that we have agreements you know, oh, for, for, for some of our beer, but that, you know, we, they can, if we don't do the right thing by the, the customer, they'll turn, they could, they technically could turn on us the next day and we, you know, that's it. So um, I suppose it makes you work harder for those. Um, well, and that's where sometimes I'm a little bit cynical. <laughs> I come across <laughs> as being a little bit cynical because independence does seem to matter so long as it matters, and then as soon as it doesn't, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, and uh, and, and contracts are the same. You know, brewers seem yeah. to rail against tap contracts until suddenly they're big enough that they can start having <laughs> formal <laughs> relationships. Um, yeah, that, that benefit them. And and I think we, I mean, we've chatted about this before. And, and again, one thing that sparked the conversation for us is, as the West Australian Association, it's it's part of our job and our charter at the moment to to let people know who we are um, outside of our bubble. So beyond all the breweries who, um, you know, who are members or are not even members, they know who we are and what we're trying to achieve. But then part of that is also trying to bring people into um, these businesses and, and, you know, getting them drinking their beers locally. And so when it came to the, uh, I think uh, someone just made a comment on the podcast or on the Facebook page around uh, why does the Wobber Association not spruik independence uh, like the IBA, and that's because our it's just pure our DNA is not made up of that at this stage, and it, it's been for for a good twenty years now has been made up of, of of all the different voices. So therefore, it would be it's not it's not in our best interest to spruik independence just because it's you know we otherwise you know then Andy's sitting there going oh that's not fair Mike and you know Carol <laughs> saying that's that's not fair. So so our so and there's nothing wrong with independence that you know we're, we're a lot of our members are also members of um the iba too and i there, there, there is a world that both of these can exist in uh for, for the time being at least anyway unless something dramatically changes so yeah so we we try to talk about drinking local and again i think it was you know the silver lining maybe to to to, to the pandemic is uh, i've seen just in general across australia people talking about their local um and whether and not just in beer i mean in, in all sorts of produce or or, or any retail fashion um so I think, yeah, it's, it's brought people to the forefront and I've noticed it. And then it just tied in well with our, our rebrand, um, our, us wanting, which was part of the rebrand, was wanting to adopt the Drink West, Drink Best slogan that we'd always sort of unofficially used with, uh, with Wobber anyway, because um, it just ties really nicely into that support your local, whatever local is to you. Um, and, yeah, and then the, uh, it tied in nicely when uh, BWS and, uh, and 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 Dan's at the same time asked us if we would do something as an association to support local and put um, beers into a box for sixteen different breweries. As you were saying that, I was uh, looking for because when we posted the um, Drink West Drink Best campaign, there was a comment that was made. It's a shame that they feel the need to construct their own campaigns and messages and not be consistent indie beer messages championed by the IBA and its members. <laughs> There are so many different perspectives that I guess it depends on where you, on what you want to be promoting is the thing that you build your organisation around. Yeah, and I think we, we didn't we didn't build a, a local or a drink drink west best to then to do this. It's just that's been I say the DNA the DNA of the association sort of has been where it started, like promoting West Australian beer. Um, and yeah, and it's yeah, and, that, and that's why we don't. 
yeah, we're not, we're not, the association is not part of the IBA, but certainly some of our members are, and our, our members uh, are quite vocal about independence as well, which is, and it's, because if they are an independent business, there's absolutely, um, you know, nothing wrong with that at all. Do you think that part of the mindset, because having spoken to Ross Lewis over the years, WA doesn't have a, you know, like a Forex um, or a, you know, Yaddler Brewery or a you know, Abbotsford Brewery that is a major competitor in in its space um, because the Swan Brewery doesn't exist as a brewery anymore and the, the, the beers that were once made in WA are now brought in and probably, am I right in saying that they're not quite as strong as maybe a Forex is in Queensland or a VB is in um, Victoria? Yeah, I, I think so. And there, there, don't get me wrong, there are the supporters of, of uh, especially our emu export or the old bush chookers, <laughs> yeah. people call it. Um, and, and Swan Draft is still a massive uh, icon here in Western Australia. But uh, it's funny because you don't drive down the road and see the swan sign or anything like that these days. There's still the, the, the following. But um, it's funny, once one person actually commented on the BWS carton that we did and said, "Oh, it's a shame there's no Swanee D in there." So we would, we would, we would, you know, we would love to have him in there if they were West Australian, West Australian brood. And that person was like, "Oh, shit, it's not West Australian brood." So, um, you know, they, I, a lot of people don't know where their beer is made. Um, and again, I think that's part of our job as the association and along with our members to just educate people of, about where their beer is coming from and where their dollars going at the end of the day. Obviously, that is local. You know, support your local businesses, and you know, support because again, it's a, it's a much harder. It, sorry, it probably seems a little bit sillier as a Queenslander me going drink local when you know three hours up the road you're in Queensland, but then an hour down the road you're in New South Wales because there seems to be this artificial divide. Um, you know, with with what's local, um, and being a you know, you know, a fierce Queenslander, drink Queensland or drink local. Whereas with WA, you know, <laughs> you've you've got that huge um, gulf um, that that makes drink West a, a much more lo- logical message. I'd imagine. Yeah, I think it's spot on. Yep. Drive three hours in Perth, you're still in Perth. Yeah, I guess, and maybe that's one of the things about us is this geographical referencing. You know, we're we're within WA borders. We, um, I think, like when Mike and and I, when we came on board, uh, I guess two years ago. Yeah, we sat down and went over like what would the strategic plan look like for the next couple of years, and we went over like you know missions and vision statements and stuff like that. We kind of came to that. That, that geographical realisation. You know, our vision, we decided, was going to be to put WA beer on the map. And we sort of stuck with that that map and that geography idea because, because we're WA, because of where we are. And, and, you know, your map's allowed to be hyper-local if you're a brew pub and and it can be, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the southwest and I want to get into the Perth market. Uh, I want to go from WA and I want to start heading up my market should be out into the East Coast or um, up into Asia and things like that. So I guess this whole, like, geographical referencing seemed very important for us here in WA. And, and I guess, you know, at, at some level it also works to 
uh, you know, a line or a CUB or a, uh, well, not a Sahis uh, being independent anymore. But when you when you have the mountain goats and you have the ferals and you have the the, the, the four pines, um, that you know, fifteen years ago, all of the debates were about what is craft beer, um, as if you know, like a brewery like Sierra Nevada, which makes multiple times what Coopers does. Well, they're a craft brewery, but Coopers isn't because why? You know, because it's obviously not a volume thing. Ownership doesn't change the quality of the beer, and so the but so the whole idea of craft beer being something that um, big multinational breweries can't be part of seems silly. And so there was a movement in Australia, particularly towards independence, which is a much clearer divide, but it's a much less tangible thing. You know, consumers can't taste the independence, they can't feel the independence, they can't see the independence. But local is something that um, brings the conversation back. Everyone can be local. Um, in the case of Bevy, even though it's owned by a multinational company, Andy, people can see the Bevy Brewery. Like, local is something that you can touch and feel. Um, yeah, look, and, uh, you know, in many respects, the, the debating and the, the definitions and, the, you know, um, if we can just show value members on things that are important to them, then they're going to benefit, right? And I, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, okay, well, um, I don't have the answer yet, but if Pirate Life are going to come to Perth, they're going to, we're going to welcome them as a member. And if you think about the value that they're going to add to our industry, even in terms of just like so it's going to be a joint venture with um, Sneakers and Jeans, who are a successful hospitality company here in Perth. And you've got all these hospitality people getting paid to be in their venues and supporting this endeavour. And then, you know, you've got guys like the equipment installer guys. are um, They're called TFG. And they're like one of the best fabricators in, in the country. And they're right they're, you know, their headquarters is right here in Perth. Um, and I know those guys really well, and they're going to do an amazing job, and they're going to employ really skilled welders. The guy that comes and does my welding, he's going to be over there doing that project, and the guy is an artist, and he's going to be paid to be involved in that thing, and he's going to do an amazing job. The guys who are my fridges, they're going to be Pirate Life's fridges, you know, and they're going to, again, they're going to be paid to be part of this installation. Um, and I, you know, there's just all this value adding to the entire industry, because of that one, that one project, you know what I mean? Yep, and Pirate Life creates a lot of excitement as well, I guess. And you know, that, that's mm. that's where sometimes I'd wonder that the debates that the industry has within itself <laughs> are so often irrelevant to the consumer and getting more consumers drinking beer in the first place. Because I you know, wonder whether our first mission shouldn't be to get more people drinking beer and then letting them decide which beer that they want to drink. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, and it, it very much is, can, can we grow the pie? And Drink West, Drink Best is we want to grow the pie here in WA. And if we can do that, then everybody should be benefiting. So how has the Drink West, Drink Best uh, campaign gone, Andy? So far, look, we've had a really good response. The first step, obviously, we were uh, Zendo rebranded it for us. He did an amazing job. Um, the, the mixed cube, the 16 in the cube going out to BWS and Dan's is, is such a really nice 
statement to get us going. Um, we've had great engagement off of that. You know, we're getting it out on the socials. Um, and then the, the next step from here is we've just negotiated uh, for the end of October. We're going to be doing a, uh, an all-weekend cap takeover at Dutch Trading Co., one of the preeminent craft beer venues here in, in Perth. Um, so we're going to have a weekend tap take over there at the end of October. And that's going to lead us through to Frio Beer Fest, which is always a great time of year for all the WA breweries. So we'll be um, heavily sort of involved with Frio Beer Fest and we're going to be doing masterclasses there. And So we're really excited that the Drink West Drink Fest, it's not just going to be a flash in the pan, it's a, it's a long-term um, awareness campaign for us. So, Mike, with, with Blaster, you're a member of uh, Wobba, Drink West, Drink Best, but you're also a, a, you know, like a proudly independent brewery as well. How does a campaign like Drink West, Drink Best go for you guys? Um, yeah, fantastic for us, especially as a, a brewery that's just, just over two years old. It got us into um, you know, a carton with, a, with 15 other amazing brewers as well, um, and it got a wider reach. Um, because yeah, we're, we're in some BWS and Dan's ourselves um, as of late last year. Well, actually, early this year, actually, uh, the Dan Murphy's piece came about from the pandemic and all the Dan's moving into a local, mm. more local model. And they, the, uh, the old ranging uh, uh, that used to go through for about three or four months to get approved, um, that apparently you can just click a button now and, um, and uh, they took us on board very quickly. So it, 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 increased, our, it increased our reach because it put us into – uh, a lot more Dan's and BWS's that aren't normally what I would call a crafty Dan's or BWS's. Um, so that was really great. Um, and yeah, o- overall, I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, the, let's say the, the, cube, the cube doesn't, uh, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't, it's just, it's West Australian beer and one cider actually too. So funk, funk cider in there. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's been great for us. Before I let you go, um, we, we haven't checked in with, with Blaster Brewing to find out, but congratulations both on the awards that you picked up uh, recently at the uh, Perth Royal Beer Show and also uh, for the Design Award uh, that you picked up just last week in the uh, Gab's Can Design Award. You guys must be uh, uh, you know, partying like uh, all get out. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, i got to say, we were... We had one beer that we were really hopeful for at the the awards, uh, our, our raspberry sour, and and it got a trophy, and we were just over the moon, and thought that was amazing. And then, yeah, next thing you know, we, we picked up a, a few other things, um, including the the champion champion beer for the IPA, uh, for the overall, and the um the small small medium champion brewery, as well, um, which was was amazing. So yeah, it's been about, and then on the weekend, yeah, following the Gabs designs and. All of a sudden, got to like number five, and still hadn't seen our beer. And um, I was like, oh, hang on a second, this is uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, it was uh, it was really really wonderful, especially when, again, you know, other parts of the industry, like people who design and do the graphic stuff for for all these breweries, like it's nice for them to get to get that recognition. I think, which is was awesome. Oh, I look forward to this. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a travel bubble, or we'll just be able to travel freely within our uh, within our own country, um, so we can get over there and uh, actually it's a sort of podcast that we like to do sitting down having a beer when we're talking to a brewery owner so hopefully we'll get over there very very soon sounds great and uh, Andy mate, what, what's happened for you guys at Bevy since we uh, touched base with you a couple of uh, it was probably about two or three months ago so we were right in the um, lockdown have you guys managed to get open um, at the Canfield again or what's happening for you guys uh, yeah we um, I think last time we were chatting we were in lockdown, 
I think I was standing on the bottling line down Little Creatures. That's right. Are you back um, at work in your own brewery? Which, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we um, obviously, you know, everyone in WA is feeling very lucky with our current situation. But yeah, we um, the Camfield is uh, open for business. It has been since June sometime, and um, yeah, the last couple of months have been flat out. We've had the AFL hubs happening over here at the stadium and um and we're right next to the stadium and and and, and mike with blaster they're about a you know a 10 minute walk down the road kind of thing so our our little area here has um really been doing well because of the um the reopenings and the stadium activity so we've been flat out well that's good to hear and you and you're sort of back from being at the bottom of the uh pile on the bottling line to uh, actually being in charge of your own brewery again <laughs> There's nothing like some humbling experiences in life, <laughs> is there? <laughs> oh, guys, thank you very much. I mean, is there anything else that uh, we should be talking about, uh, Wobber? You know, what, what have you guys got coming up? Have you got any big campaigns or anything else uh, apart from just sort of continuing the Drink West, Drink Best message? Yeah, we've got heaps. We've got WIB Week we will do again. We, we postponed this year, but it'll be June next year. So we'll do WIB Week next June. We're going to do another conference um, in June as well. That'll be happening. What else are we doing? We're going to do some awareness campaigning on Kegfest and and how much that costs uh, breweries. Uh, Blaster being um, a big catalyst for that with the Kegfest that they had earlier in the year. We were actually chasing. Yeah, we were chasing down that story when we heard that the Western Australian Police had got. Uh, conviction, um, and we'd been work- trying to uh, chase down through the WA police um, and the courts to get the details. But uh, Crafty ran the story, and there didn't seem much point in doubling up um, and having two venues do it. But I, is is that case completely finished yet? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, um, the the people that were behind it, um, it was I think it was 12 months uh, imprisonment. Um, but it included some fraud charges. Yeah. Obviously, when you're when you're still in kegs, you're probably not totally upstanding, and you're probably doing some fraud on the side. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, there was, and literally, we only just heard about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. So it's all, as far as I'm aware, it's all done and dusted now. Mm. Oh, well, keep us posted. We're happy to help out uh, spreading that word as well, because uh, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing people selling kegs on Facebook. You know, saying just turn these into a Barbie or something like that when you know what they cost. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay, guys, well, thank you very much for joining us on Beer as a Conversation. All the best for Wobba in the Drink West, Drink Best campaign, and uh, hopefully we can go from east to west to uh, check out some of the exciting things that are happening over there. Awesome. Thanks, man. Good talking to you. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having us, and thanks for uh, everything you guys do. Appreciate it. And that was Andy Skade and Mike Morgan from Wobba. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryo Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryo Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. Your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this, and this was Beer as a Conversation. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au.